0: Hello and welcome to Mazes and Muses, roaming the labyrinth of creativity.
1: Good morning, Steve. How are you? Do we have everything working right? I think we do. Oh, this is this would be a first. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Good to see you, Dan. Good to see you. How? Um, well, let's let's jump right into. Some
0: The Kickstarter for Intoximancy. Um, uh, I'm trying to be better, trying to be more pro about this for people who don't know who I am. (laughs) My name is Steve Conley. I'm a web cartoonist. I write and draw the web comic, The Middle Age, which is free to read online. The the recently Ringo-nominated Middle Age, uh, which is free to read online on Webtoons, Tapas, and Go Comics. And uh, on my own website, middleagecomic.com. And I'm running a Kickstarter right now for Intoximancy. Uh, but jumping back, Dan, who the hell are you? I ask myself that every morning
1: when I wake up, <laughs> I am Dan Taylor. Um, I am a dungeon master, I guess, um, for catacombs and comedians, the live actual play Dungeons and Dragons show at performed at comedy clubs throughout the South. That is if you make Nashville and Huntsville throughout, um, and i you know create dungeons and dragons and role-playing game content and uh back in the day steve and i know each other from our work together on the star trek comic book for idw i he was the artist i was the editor so i we both checked off something off our bucket
0: list on star trek working on star trek guys absolutely absolutely (laughs) so Uh, uh, let's just the kickstarter is going great it's going great we um Uh, the, it has four days left to go. It is at, like you said, I must've just gotten another backer recently. Um, 7109. It's been very volatile, lots of ups and downs, like the recently cancellations, adjustments, things like that. Again, it's got so many more backers that I'm used to and so many more backers that I'm not, who of whom I'm not familiar, like names I don't know. Um, at this point where I'm doing my Kickstarters for my comic book, I kind of know, I'll see a name and I'll be like, I see Dan is back to you. I'm like, okay, I have... Pretty good guess which Dan that is. You know, it's not like a huge audience. It's not like um, thousands and thousands of people. This time, it's names I don't know. And uh, so so there's been a, it's volatility. And so last night, we crept above 7,000, and then we dropped below 7,000. And so it's a lot of two steps forward, one step back. So we are making progress, but it's 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 weird. So I have to unlock a new stretch goal, and I created the artwork for the 8K stretch goal in case we do it. We're going to do a coaster, uh drinking coaster. Uh, for with Intoximancy's typography on it, and some fun text and a nice design, and so I'll share that today.
1: In case you do it, because um, yeah, because I saw when I was getting ready for the show, you know, I wanted to bring up your your Kickstarter just for reference, and it was at seven hundred or seven thousand five. So this morning alone, you've gotten one hundred and four dollars.
0: crazy. I
1: mean, I'm talking like within the last half hour.
0: Well, we could, it could but it could it yeah. could go down again in the in that time so yes, I mean, yeah looking,
1: I, I won't feel guilty now for lowering my pledge now that I know you're
0: <laughs> yeah there's no there's no on screen graphic that' does not doesn't pop up when someone cancels or lowers the pledge it's just when they add one so you know, you only get the bad news when you check the dashboard or the tally or if you if you have that number in your head you're like I know my number and then you go there and you're like the number's lower why is the number lower but now you have to unlock more
1: monsters mm-hmm What are these monsters going to be? Do we know, or is it a surprise? Um, Have you not figured it out yet?
0: I'm not certain. I think they're going to be... um, All the monsters so far have been based on, like, um, kind of puns off of uh, drinking vessels. Like, one is a um, uh, hobgoblet. One is a a tankard, which is more like like a little tank. Uh, I did add a new thing. I was finishing up the character sheets uh, or the the monster sheets for them, and I realized that the Tankard and the Broken Steins monster, they both look like mugs with handles on them, and so now I've added disadvantage to grappling. So they're easy to grapple, and they have disadvantage when they, when someone want, when they don't want to be grappled. Oh, and when makes... they are grappled, they are restrained. So normally in D&D, when you're grappled, you're not necessarily restrained, but now they are. Yeah, exactly. So anything with a handle now has the easily handled feature and uh so so i don't mind having the lower cr rating if they're easy to restrain like that
1: so is it going to have a a, a drinking vessel theme all these monsters are you gonna
0: So far, the first four do um there's like a great red there's a there was it's called i originally was calling it a pseudo flagon they're all flagon born all these creatures. And I thought one was going to be a pseudo flagon, but it was basically a dragon fire breathing thing. I don't think pseudo flagon makes any sense. I so I'm thinking about right now it's um a great red flagon. And um it, it's not great, it's really tiny, but it, it I mean it looks great. Um, it thinks it's great, it's very arrogant, but um it's just a fire breathing mug that flies around and breathes fire on uh, the pork players, but uh but I don't know if the new ones will, if they do, there's one I was thinking of having one called a snifter just because that's because it's a funny name. It's mm-hmm. a funny name. It's evocative. You immediately start picturing something like a Jimmy Durante, you know, this chat is for the young. So I'm going to make a Jimmy Durante reference. <laughs> um, I get it. <laughs> uh, you, I, you, you would, you have a, uh, uh, Emmett Kelly reference that yeah. you make. And I'm like, I'm like, that's for, that's for us. That's for the 45 plus crowd. Um, yeah, none of my players caught that. I don't think. No, no, but I could tell you were like, should I use that reference? Are so they even understand it? Is there anyone in this audience with any with with, with any whiskers? Um, there's a uh, that tumbler might be another one. It's just again, there's just obvious drink ones, but I also might want to do some that are just a little different, so it's not all the same shtick. All right, because I was going to suggest pink elephants. That's part. That's a there's a there's a spell. There's okay. a spell. That basically it's like a, like a summon animals kind of conjure, conjure animals kind of thing. But it's a very, again, I want it to be very weak. The latest thing I've been doing is I've been tweaking the, uh, the stats for the subclass. And I'm, I'm, I'm very interested in the level 14, um, arcane tradition of the Intoximancer because it's a subclass. So the way they unlock certain arcane traditions is fixed based on SRD, um, And I'm trying to limit myself to that so they don't become overpowered. I would love to give this class everything. And they get a new car. And they get a, you know, I would love to give them everything. Um, But uh, the arcane tradition at level 14, I think, is going to be fun because it's going to be a mixed bag. Where, when you're sober, you have advantage versus, uh, advantage on concentration checks and maybe dexterity saving throws. But when you're drinking, you have different advantages, so I think that's a very fun. I don't know of a subclass feature like that. I mean, there's some like I know there's a uh, rogue ability that if you remain motionless, it triggers advantage on the next attack. Like if you spend one round not moving, you can have advantage on the next attack. It's it feels like that sort of thing where it'd be hard to game out. Like I have to start drinking now if I want to have this advantage. But it's fun that it's level 14. Most players will never see it. So. Right.
1: Now I'm um, trying to think of glasses I mean, can you do some of the shot glass? tumbler works?
0: Yeah, maybe, maybe there, um there were uh, I had a whole list of of ones. I ended up going with the uh, hobgoblet just I think the Hobgoblet was the first one, and it was so dumb that I thought, okay, I gotta do a bunch yeah, of these. it's a great it's a great pun yeah. um, and easy to get. easy to understand. people don't quite you know and I'm pretty sure there wasn't one already. That's a big thing too. Doing anything in the homebrew space is like, there's a million people creating things right now and you don't want to step on their toes.
1: Okay. Instead of, how about, how about uh, play on words with bugbear and do the
0: mug bear? That's good. That's good. I think about, but I was, there was a little hunchman called mugs, uh, but mug is cute. I like that. Yeah.
1: Okay. <laughs> My work here is done. All <laughs> right. So yeah, 7,100. And let's see, unless it's gone up. No, 7,109. I think, uh I doubt you'll have, uh, you know, six thousand, sixty one hundred dollars worth of
0: cancellations. So I think you're safe. Yeah, I mean, I feel, I feel like, I think I knew last week that we probably hit eight. I think I felt like I felt like the momentum was enough, and there's enough people who are watching the campaign. Which um, I haven't had this many people watching. I think we're at three hundred and something people watching the campaign, which is remarkable. Um, and. 40 of them have bit the bullet, I think, 40 or 50. Um, so I think in the last 48 hours of this campaign, it's going to be solid. And I thought it was going to be happening during when I usually play D&D on Thursday nights, but the, our game was postponed or rescheduled. So I'll be able, I'll live stream on here on Twitch when it ends.
1: All right. So we've got the coaster at 8000 and then you're teasing another locked stretch goal after that.
0: I am vamping until I can come up with one. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it, yeah, I tried to. I like that curl because it was the sort of thing where I had it at the beginning because I thought we're not going to hit four, we're not going to hit five. So let me just cover it up, and because if I had shown this laundry list of stuff we're never going to get, it would just be disheartening. So because if I had put the all nine, if I put nine or ten thousand dollars worth of items, um, also it was also the, the nice thing about that curl covering the graphic was that let's say on day two, we had hit 4,000. Suddenly I wouldn't have made them every one. I would have made it every two. It gives me a chance to mess around with the math and scale things differently. So if we suddenly get a huge burst of energy, it, 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 it the tiers could have changed from every two to every four, to every four from every five or something like that.
1: No, I love that curl and that hidden. You know, If I ever do a Kickstarter, I'm going to steal this as well. And just but if with that many stretch goals, but oh that many stretch goals is so much work, but you thrive in that sort of thing. So
0: it it was something I, I think I heard Dave Kellett say, uh who does Sheldon and the Drive webcomic. Um he had said that what he made his stretch goals were things that he wanted the project to have to begin with. It's almost like saying, Okay, if we hit our goal of a 1000 well we'll this project's a go. If we hit fifteen hundred, the book will have a spine you know we'll stay we'll staple the covers on it's it's almost like you're baking in the basic features and so the idea that it's got like a spot varnish or thicker paper that's stuff i'd really want in the end i kept those out because they did raise the price of the book and if we didn't hit those goals i really wanted to cut the costs so it ended up being a uh a, a lot of the stuff that the the improvements to the product were all stuff that i wanted to bake in at the base level but it just you know couldn't afford it
1: and i like how you 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 uh Separate like you you know it's a, a deluxe paper, then it's more content, and then it's the deluxe cover, then it's a you know sticker. It's right. More. It's not because if I you know if I was going oh this guy wants me to pay more just to unlock deluxe paper and then followed with a deluxe cover and then followed with a ribbon bookmark, I'm like mm, that stuff yeah.
0: doesn't matter to me that much. So, um whereas the content feels like it's the easiest part to me because it's like sure it's going to add pages, but and that's a, that increases the cost of the of production, but um, it's almost like a no brainer. Adding, you know, it's not like adding page numbers. It's it is it's it's work, but it's oh, look, you uh, just
1: gave it away ten thousand dollars. You're going to unlock page
0: numbers. Pages will be sequentially ordered. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> New rectangular shaped book.
1: Oh yeah, I want to see. Yeah, I want to see a round one, a round book. The book will be flammable if we can
0: if we can unlock twelve. <laughs> um, it'll be in English. <laughs> <laughs> perfect, perfect. Staples will be made of metal instead of you know just don't say what they would have been otherwise. Yeah. But just
1: uh, all right. Okay, I know what I'm doing for my next uh, zine quest. Now we got all sorts of fun stuff.
0: Well, you can unlock tattoos. You're you're braver than I am. You just, you you get you get the tattoos. Yeah, that's my new tattoo right here saw that. That's I, great. I just got
1: that last weekend to celebrate 10 years of sobriety.
0: That's fantastic. Sure.
1: Yeah. And it was a great, you know, cause it was, um, yeah. Cause I wanted to get it last week in this tattoo. And I looked on Google and I found a local tattoo place and this is artistic involved. So it's creativity. Hold on. There's, I'm not just bragging about tattoos and, um, I went to the shop Saturday morning. They opened at noon. I was first from there. And, uh, you know, I'm a walk in and the guy running, you know, there's a guy that I don't know how familiar you are with tattoo sh- shops, but it's always yeah. a, it's always the same type of thing. There's one guy who runs it who really doesn't do tattoos. But, you know, he collects the chair rental from all the artists, just like, you know, it's just like a salon, a, a salon type thing.
0: Yeah.
1: So I said, look, and I just showed a, on my phone. I had these little tally marks, 10 tally marks. And I go, this is what I want. And he goes, okay, well, my walk-in artist isn't here. Hang I hang out and wait. But there was already another artist who was there, and she was very helpful. Her name is her first name's Ina, and she's from Sweden, I believe. Cool, very artistic types. I'm totally getting my vibe. You know, blonde dreads, you know, just the whole nine yards. And so she started helping me out. And, you know, you got to fill out. They have like an iPad to fill out all the paperwork and proof your ID and all this sort of stuff. And she asked what I wanted, and I just showed her you know, the tally marks. And she goes, oh, that's my appointment's not going to be in. Let me go. I'll, I'll take care of that for you. So I'm like, great. And then everybody who's coming in after me saying this is the work and the, all the detailed work that I want, they're, the guys, the other artists and the guy running the shop, they're pointing to Ina saying, this is your girl. You right. want her to do it. Well, so this is who I got doing 10 tally marks on my that's wrist. Good. And she's like all right, do you want these exact tally marks on the on the reference I showed her or should I just freehand it? I'm like, freehand it. Make, I want to be as easy as I can for you. You know, you're taking me in. And so I sit down. She does it. Beautiful freehand work. I mean, as far as 10 tally marks go. And at the end, I, I, and that's a very painful spot to get tattoos, I discovered. And uh, at the end, yeah. I go, um, how much do I owe you? Or, what's the damage? And she's like, my gift to you. Congratulations on 10 years of sobriety. Just a tip. So I, you know, I tipped her cash and I said, I promise I will come back and get a real tattoo from you. So, because I plan that's on awesome. get, I plan on getting a Dungeons and Dragons ampersand on this side. Where that's great. Yeah. That's where, great. Where's my, I got, uh, I got an art. There you go next below that one there so so yeah i, I mean because it, otherwise it would have cost a 100 bucks that's their minimum right and i was willing to pay that you know right you went in there thinking that's what you're gonna pay yeah, yeah. exactly For, just so, to sit down sure yeah yeah so and it took her five minutes that's i mean great. i just said i'm just your warm-up she's like exactly <laughs> but um no, so yeah. Now I want to go back to her and give her as much business. So if you're ever in the Mount Juliet suburb of Nashville area, go to Division <laughs> Street Tattoos. I know where to go. And she is wonderful. She has a long wait list, so book your appointment early. And she does beautiful work. Um. But yeah, so that was that was a good moment. So I, of course I'm. You know, it's been a good week. I mean, and then right before what was that? That was the twenty. Yeah, so the week before that, I had the Catacombs and Comedian show at Zanies, which uh, we had somebody actually, we had a videographer finally do some good camera work on this. Awesome. And I do have it available for a very short run here on this Twitch channel. It's you know it's on the videos thing, but it's only going to be up there for another ten days maximum or something like that, maybe even less. Because what I am, I'm offering it as content for the zero level Patreon Patreon. That's great. Which it will always be there. This that will be the one spot it will always be. So if somebody comes into Catacombs and Comedians a year down the line, they can go back into the Patreon and find it there. So gotcha. but I don't I don't know because again it's a you know, it's a live show and people pay money at the clubs to see it. So you know, I don't Eventually, a year or two down the line, maybe I'll make it completely free for that content. But you know, I gotta, you know, I gotta justify it some way by paying, you know, paying the videographer to do it and that sort of work. Even though I didn't pay him much for this, and he did it out of the generosity of his heart, and he was, uh, and I, uh, his name's Remo, and I appreciate him so much. And he will be doing the next, so I got, I got, he will be doing the next show again here in Nashville. So.
0: Gotcha. And so folks can watch it here on this channel. I think if they, if, at the end of this video, it might just go into that,
1: yeah, right? Right. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah. Um But yeah, it was, now that I know that, it, you know, it's getting videotaped, I got to make sure I tuck my gut in because I'm I'm on a side, <laughs> I'm on the side of the table. <laughs>
0: Were and you feeling, can,
1: you've suddenly seeing yourself like, oh gosh, I got to, I yeah. got to present myself. Oh, look at that bald spot. I got to make sure my head's buzzed. No before. cape. You don't yeah. need to. <laughs> well the halloween show i plan on do plan on doing some sort of costume sweet that'll be october 24th here in nashville and i did a beautiful poster for it which is already a, showing up in gaming shops here in the nashville area nicely done um
0: have, have you moved on to the production phase for uh your kickstarter or are is there a way for people who because we, we talked about mine i want to make sure we talk about yours that uh you just wrapped up the uh uh Out of the off-print, number one.
1: No, not yet, not yet. Um, There's been a lot of behind-the-scenes work on Catacombs and Comedians as far as the live show and getting the streaming show together. I've got, as of Tuesday, I think I interviewed my final player, another stand-up comic, because that's been the hard thing. It's easy to find players for a streaming, you know, Dungeons & Dragons game. It's a little more difficult to find working stand-up comedians whose schedule allows right to do it. So I can announce now that we will be streaming again here on this channel at catacombs and comedians, a regular streaming session, which will be more detailed and more involved than in the stage shows. Cause we are able to do more here on the streaming than we can in the hour and a half on the stage. Got my four comedians and it will be called catacombs and comedians wrath of the aristocrats and that's awesome and i'm making reference to the world's greatest dirtiest joke aristocrats sure. um so um, think of it as you will that's what the next catacombs and comedians campaign will be that's separate from the zanies nashville shows and separate from the stand-up live right huntsville shows but they all both- they all tie in together somehow some way just enough like arrogant,
0: arrogant is like uh, you know multiversal arrogant
1: yes enough That's to give really me it? a headache and try to figure it all out
0: <laughs> and uh
1: october 24th the we're calling that halloween theme show the side splitting spooktacular and it will have uh it'll definitely have a <laughs> i just do this for the puns It's great and um, great. so we were It'll all have a horror theme involved. And I don't have the, the date nailed down for the Huntsville show, but we'll, we'll hopefully be doing it there as well. And so, yeah, it's Catacombs and Comedians. Just the production of that, the promotion of it, is, is keeping me busy.
0: It's over. It's amazing. It's great. Congratulations.
1: Yeah, I do more on production and promotion and putting it all together than I do actually coming up with the adventure that we play at the table
0: <laughs> which that was, that was the Orson Welles line right he has been he wanted to he had access to the world's greatest uh model railroad or he I heard him say model railroad once and I also heard him say uh, greatest paint box ever but he spent 90% of his time hustling yeah and uh, and it definitely feels like that okay yeah it's a lot of you have to do so much there's so much prep work posters i mean people don't recognize how long you know that's what 2 hours to just to design the thing, just to forget coming up with the name and the text that has to go on it and, and finding, the, sure, finding the perfect font. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then making sure the size is right, that it has a bleed, that it has all the different, the silly stuff that people just see the final thing and go, okay, you know, but all that, I mean, just a poster can take so long, let alone a 20 page book or a 100 page book. I mean, we had the DC Bradshaw on the idea that he had to do that 150 page. A um, little bit fierce the idea, the idea that All the work involved in that Shocking amount of work Yeah, I I probably wrestled with Two hours
1: alone on Whether or not to have the QR code To buy tickets on the poster or not Because I've done it before And I don't know how much You know, like you would probably know You keep records and you do the research on Well, I got five tickets sold by using, people using the QR code I just, I'm like, whatever but I don't think it made, and it at the end of it, it came down to me ditching the QR code because I made because our little catacombs and comedians logo, the laughing rolling D twenty, I made a right. I made a uh, Halloween version where he's got fangs and little bat wings, so I wanted to put that on both sides instead. So yeah, how do they sell the how do they sell tickets?
0: Do they use a vendor?
1: They have a it- you could either buy them at the box office. A walk up are they on the category are on the various clubs' websites? They have you can purchase
0: them there. Gotcha. I wasn't sure if, if they used a, a, a third party service, like, then you, you could go in there and get yourself an affiliate code to get like a recommendation, like a, another just a little bit more money, just to like you know, cover the printing costs of the posters. Oh, that would be nice, but
1: now nah, they're not, they don't make things very easy because, like. <laughs> Like on the calendar on the one club's website, it still shows on Monday, the 24th, it still shows two events happening at 7 p.m. Mine and, uh, you know, new material Monday, just because whoever does the programming forgot to take that one off, you know. And it's, you know, I'm like, oh, you got to take that off. It's, you know, but I'm like, I don't want to be that person. Um, Yeah. I mean, it's bad enough that I kind of taking my situation. Advantage? Not. I'm not going to say advantage of, but I'm using my. uh, What's the word? I'm using my privilege or my, just my. My position of knowing who I know to be able to, get my show in the club.
0: Right. 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 Yeah. So it is. Yeah. But the turnout is. But but you know you're justifying your existence with a great turnout, right? I mean, like
1: it's uh, yeah the last show though I will tell you it was our weakest weakest turnout
0: it's uh, weird i mean do you i wonder because i think when you have a streaming show it's easy to build an audience because you're building a narrative that people you know if you're ending it on a cliffhanger the way matt uh mercer usually does like he almost always ends it on and we're going to leave it there and everyone at the table is like ha, ha, ha. <laughs> you know um if you um if you're ending on a cliffhanger that'll bring people back but i don't know if I don't know if a live experience would have that same. Well, I left this next one on a definite cliffhanger. Oh, I have to! I have to catch the ending of it.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely, um, things are falling into place, and you start to. I introduce one of the big bad guys at the end of this one, nice. um, and it sets up nicely for the Halloween special. You know, because I'm gonna have Vincent Price and Kiss, and you know the whole. <laughs> That's great. Um, but yeah, I, cause originally I was going to, you know, have my club players stream as well, you know, and that like every other, ep- you know, a show at the club and then we do two streaming episodes and we're back at the club, but that just didn't work out schedule wise. I mean, I've had the original catacombs and comedians, um, concept has morphed and changed Immensely since I originally started, and that's just because I've you know, discovering comedian schedules, comedians' flakiness, comedians' willingness, um, time issues. Uh, you know, things can go, you know, like I remember when I wrote the first adventure for the first stage show, I had you know, it was this is how it's going to go. Well, it went off the wet rails way early, right? So now I'm just I write a very loose outline and just go with that on you know when I do the show. So the streaming show uh Wrath of or Wrath of the Aristocrats is going to give me much more. I'll be able to do much more background and world building and set that up. And hopefully that builds an audience that when people are like, "Oh, I'm going to be in Nashville. I'm going to go see the Catacombs of comedians while I'm there." Right. And so
0: that's great. That's great.
1: And two of the comedians who are going to be on the streaming are Nashville located. So I can do a crossover that way. That's awesome. And I wanted one comic from the Nashville show and one comic from the Huntsville show just because I have some familiarity with those players already. And then there are two other comedians, another one from Nashville who's who's not part of the show. And then one from... uh, north Carolina I'm not exactly sure what city she's in but uh so I mean that's four hour drive so who knows that might you know it's I'm still keeping it all in the south
0: right that's great that's exciting I can't wait i uh, i I'm also interested in seeing how you lay out the environment how you do you think you're gonna use any kind of um uh virtual tabletop in no i I, I just love theater of the mind play. So
1: it's going to be very, you know, it's going to look something similar to this with the cutouts of our talking heads, except I'll have five of them. And, you know, there might be another window open for visual reference.
0: Right. But now that I
1: got this whole fancy streaming deck and know how to use it, you know, I can, you know, I can just cut to a whole new screen altogether. That's great. So yeah, that's, it's all been catacombs and comedians just lately. Um, so, yeah, as far as my next Kickstarter, uh, nothing, not even close to getting that off the ground. I obviously did not make, you know, we were talking about maybe getting another zine quest in, but that did not happen.
0: Yeah, the more I thought about it, the more I was like, I'm not sure if there's time to like, I would think that if you launched it, you might get a little bit of play. But I think they're going to bury that hub as yeah. soon as the month ends. I haven't checked the website, but and actually I think it was still there for another day or so. But I imagine it's going to go away any minute. And so any benefits going to fade.
1: Right. And I'm sure most people are just Zine Quest out at this point.
0: Yeah. yeah um, I. But
1: I will start the next Zine Quest a lot earlier. I mean, because I know what it's in February. Right. So, I mean, I'll start promoting the fuck out of that come January 1st, probably.
0: So, have the page built and approved so you can start sharing the link beforehand. That's what I did with mine. It felt really good about it. I mean, I put a real bare bones campaign together. And, uh, like, I had basically a graphic. I didn't have the cover yet. It was all just kind of like fakery, basically saying, here's my campaign. Here's my tiers. Here's my stuff. Please approve me. And they approved me. And then I don't think any of those graphics survived to the final. I had different tiers. I had different everything. And it was just more like approve this thing so I can share the link. Oh, and that was a a tip I could share. Um, When I had them approve it, I just called it an intoximancy the title of the project was intoximancy. So the URL is nice and short. Once they approve it, that locks the URL. Uh-huh. And after it's approved, you can change the title. So the title didn't have to be intoximancy, a boozy subclass, blah, 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 blah. So that was a little tip.
1: I like that. I'm going to definitely remember that.
0: Yeah. It was it I think it was very helpful. It kept the URL nice and short or short ish. You know, it's still going to be Kickstarter slash blah, 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 blah.
1: Yeah, no, but that definitely, otherwise it would have been huge. No, that works. That works quite well.
0: Yeah. Um, so what else? Anything else on your end? Uh, well, the campaign is going crazy. We get the Ringo nomination, so vote yeah. early and often, Mr. Comics Professional. Um, <laughs> My votes uh, are already in. I, I'm, I'm
1: amazed they still consider me a professional.
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm amazed they ever considered me a professional. Uh, uh, I'm thinking, I'm trying to think, I'm not, I'm not trying to get ahead of myself. I have to do, I'm next Kickstarter I do is going to be for the uh, collection of the Middle Age. It's going to be, um, it's so graphic novel, not on the comp, not on the gaming side. I don't know how the gaming people re- will react to, Hey, there's a Kickstarter about comics. Um, it's probably similar to the way the comics people are reacting to a Kickstarter about gaming where people write me saying, I don't, I don't play these games. I don't know what a five, I don't know what five E is. That was the latest person I heard. Like, I do not is whats 5 vi do not know. What is five V? I don't know what it is. Um, but that was meant to be a kind of a delimiter, like a, not a delimiter, but a, uh, um, that was meant to corral people. Like I say, five E, because if you don't know what five E is, you can't buy, you can't be interested in what I'm creating. Mm-hmm. That's sort of like I, I, I don't know. Um, and I know they don't like us to use the, they don't like us to say Dungeons and Dragons. They want us to say, you know, the world's most,
1: The world's greatest role playing
0: game. Yeah, or the world's oldest role playing game, or the world's. Bestest, greatest of all times role playing game. Um, but uh, I finished sculpting the mini, so of the Intoximancer. Um, the only thing I might add at the ten k at the nine k mark, ten k. How dare I? At the nine k mark would be additional character sheets, like NPCs. Um, oh, oh, that was a thought I had. We were talking about the next Kickstarters for us, and I was thinking about it. Um, do, wh- let me, let me ask you about do, creating a standalone 5e supplement about npc monsters creating one about monsters i think items is always going to sell better than monsters because monsters are for the dm items are for everybody so if you're going to do an oddity off print maybe it's mon- maybe it's the maybe it's maybe like a spin spinoff or something like that maybe it's about the magic items also on Reddit, the magic items seem to get a much higher amount of likes and upvotes than the monsters do. I don't know why that is, but I I, I think maybe it's because pl- players don't care about monsters.
1: That makes sense. Yeah.
0: Player and and so if it's just for DMs, you're going to have a much smaller audience,
1: right? I think. Yeah, and like it also makes sense if to come up with a bard, uh, bard subclass to the comedian. Right, right, absolutely. Um, with various stuff like that. Yeah, that's definitely something.
0: Because a player is going to grab the, uh, would want that subclass and will want to take that. I mean, I feel like the Itoximancy book is about a player who's going to get this thing and bring it to their DM and saying, this is what I want to play. And I think uh, if you do a bard subclass comedian, that's what people want to, you know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And there's all sorts of, I can riff off all sorts, you know, there's the prop comic, the observational comic,
0: the. Yeah. And you know, this stuff and it's your world and it's like, you know, and people are going to be seeing you at a comedy club. I feel like that's a real perfect. Melding of your, of what you're doing, you know, because you've hit on something so great that it's like, okay, let's plant the flag here. And let's. Uh, this is where we're opening up our shop. And thank mm. you all for being here. And and I've been very vocal about how
1: I don't like bards in my games. Um, so the, the the creating the stand up bard, stand up comedian bard. I did that. I will allow this into my game. You know. Uh huh. Even though they're. Is there a...
0: wait, wait, why don't you like bards? <sighs> as as someone to play, I have a level twelve bard level one sorcerer
1: do you go into every tavern trying to seduce someone no. okay that's what I don't like about bards okay it's become such a uh, here comes the tiefling bard and it goes uh, blah blah <laughs> and I know how that's that, and that you know play Dungeons and Dragons however you want and the way you are playing it and having a good time is the correct way to play it no but <laughs> oh, I thought you were gonna say but
0: I no. thought you were gonna say but. But that's right. but that's just not my game. So <laughs> sure. Sure. Um every once in a while I see that role-playing part of it. Like when someone's gonna start, I want to seduce the barmaid, and you get into that kind of the community episode where uh Jeff Winger says, bet I want you to look at what you're doing right now. And like, he says he's just Jeff is a completely uncomfortable, like I don't want to role play like this. I don't want to have the, this is not the game I signed up for. Uh you know I feel like that's the the part where it gets into but I I don't know my, I don't play the bard that way because he um uh yeah I just don't think yeah not that's not the that's not his character also he's very old he's a half elf so he's very old so it's like I feel like there's like a there's often like a I don't want him to be a scoundrel or a, or a bastard you know or, I want him to be a nice guy or a pervert yeah exactly Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, because the two, two element, and again, however you
1: play Dungeons and & Dragons and enjoy it and have fun is the correct way to play. You're doing right. it right. Right, right. On the other hand, uh, <coughs> two elements of kind of the Dungeons & Dragons game that I'm not a big fan of is hanging out in taverns seducing people <laughs> and be
0: shopping oh okay so i (laughs) I had a dm game for the first time in a long long time ages and ages so i'm dming this thing and they're going into a town i've mapped out the town and i see the first i I know the players hate they 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 hate magic shops and they love magic shops this is all they just think oh god there's the next three hours of my life's going to go away and so as they're entering into town the first thing they see up on the right is like um is a clear is a big building labeled magic shop and just and we're going to take our break and they're both, I could just tell their stomachs are sinking. Like, ugh, are we going to spend, our characters are too low. We don't have any money. We're not going to enjoy ourselves. We're going to have to win what do you have in stock. And it's not, almost always it's handled really badly where the poor DM has to list stuff. It'd be good. If you're at a table and they just say, here's our menu of items, peruse at your leisure. That's a different thing. But when you're streaming or you're doing it through Zoom and you've got a list and they have a plus one, blah, blah, blah. And then what was that again? You know, it's an awful thing. Or they've got like a ever smoking bottle, and everyone's got to type in the ever smoking bottle. What the hell's an ever smoking bottle? It's, it's it's a pain in the ass. So they see this building, they come back and say it's it's closed, out of business. I just wanted it to be that kind of heartbreaking. Like, no, 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 we're not gonna we're not gonna do that. I'm not gonna waste anybody's time with the shopping. It's awful. Yeah, because it's that, that, always all right. You're going to set out on your quest tomorrow.
1: What do you want to do in the meantime? Well, I'm gonna go shopping, and I'm, can I have somebody add this to my armor? Just do that off game, you know. You yeah. don't need to do that at the take. That's just I. I just want to get onto the adventure and get going. Yeah, um, absolutely. So I, that's why you you haven't seen any of that stuff happen in catacombs and comedians. Oh, God, could you imagine probably- the audience just sitting there while those four in particular at the Nashville show try to haggle? Well, they wouldn't bother haggling with the shop owner. Those people are bloodthirsty. Killers right. and they would just kill the poor shopkeeper.
0: Um and it's also so terrible because it's like, especially when it's a magic shop, because it's like, wait a minute, don't you have? You're supposed to go into dungeons and get your loot that way. It's not. Uh, that's exactly like it, how I feel. A potions, a potion shop, I'm kind of okay with. I feel like potion shops would be a thing. I don't. Uh, but the the idea that how many? I mean, well, now that the
1: potion of lesser healing is in the player's handbook. For fifty gold pieces, yeah, I'm all for it. But you know, just don't walk into a shop saying, "I'm looking for magical swords." You
0: know, no, right?
1: You right. can't buy those off the rack.
0: They have um, there's there's your there's a supplement right there. It's just a it's just the assortment of garbage items that the magic shop has. And it's just useless things, absolutely useless. The the. Cut the mug of lukewarm liquid. It's like it keeps whatever you want, <laughs> room temperature. You know, something stupid. Like, you know, none of its attunement or or hell, all of its attunement. It's all incredibly useful, but you have to attune to it. Like, really, really make it the so stuff people don't want. Like the brooch
1: of fabric closing.
0: <laughs> it's a button.
1: <laughs> That's there <you> good. Go.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's good. That's good. The uh, scotch tape of mending.
1: Yeah. Wow, that's amazing! Um,
0: <laughs> yeah, so I so I don't so uh, yeah, the magic shop part is is, is awful. But um, how do you handle when you're going to stream? Do you yeah, have and well, then I, hold on? And then of course, did you watch that
1: critical role animated animated show on Amazon? I did. Yeah, they threw in both the things I hate into one element:
0: the seducing in the magic shop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on i think uh what's it uh why well, am i drawing blank glorious oh i can't think of his name i can't think i'm, a, I'm much more of a mighty nine pumat soul uh merchant guy um i can't think of uh i can't think of his name right. from uh, season one but uh i don't i don't mind that that much because i think at least i think matt keeps people on their toes in a way. I I never felt like even the, the shopping part does get annoying, and you could tell there was a big Travis basically on critical role. just every time they enter a shop, he's just like, "Oh my god, kill me."
1: Yeah.
0: Um. But I don't know. I still feel like if anybody can handle it, uh, they can. But it almost feels like it's a way if you're a DM and you want to just kill the next hour. Like I haven't prepared anything. Okay, we're going into a magic shop. Like, oh, all right. Let <laughs> yeah. <me.">
1: exactly. <laughs> talk about lazy dm i wonder if sly's done you know <laughs> sly flourishes magic shops uh, that's great <laughs> um but we were talking last what was it last when i was it last week we were talking about my upcoming wild quest that i'm doing yeah. with steve musgrave who will probably since steve conley won't be with me next week it'll be steve musgrave my um, artist, who's done all the monster design work for um, Catacombs and Comedians, well, he and I are <clears throat> working on a an
0: infinitely better, Steve, if I have to say.
1: Well, we'll we'll find <laughs> out. You're you're pretty high because I mean, I have a brother named Steve. I've got you. I got Steve, Steve Stephen Coughling, who does artwork for Catacombs and Comedians too. I got Steve Musgrave, and then okay, so I'm going to put Steve Austin, the six million dollar man, up on top. Steve okay. Austin, the wrestler, sure. might be a little lower.
0: Sure. Uh, sure. <laughs> Steven Spielberg
1: sense. is up there. Um it it's a it's a crowded field of Steve's. Um but and Ellen and, and and my comic book uh hero happy hour I actually have a villain named St- Stevel, who's the evil Steve. Nice. Um but anyway, so Yeah, so we're doing Wild Quest, and you and I were discussing how do I, do I bother bringing in those uncomfortable subject matters, or do I just steer clear of them completely? Right, right. Um, Well, apparently I'm not the only one wrestling with that conundrum, because uh, Wizards of the Coast ran afoul.
0: Yeah, they did, with um, uh, Spelljammer, right?
1: Yes, with the uh, Hadozi.
0: Right, right, right. The, I read a little bit about that.
1: There now. Now these were originally, because when I saw that these were going to be in um, Spelljammer, of course I, th- I thought of them as from Star Frontiers when they were the Azarian. Did you ever play Star Frontiers back in the day?
0: Ages ago, ages ago. I think I had an Amoeba dude or something yeah. like
1: that. They, the, the Yazarian were my favorite race to play. Um, I loved it. I mean, they're basically a, you know, a a, a simian type race with, you know, uh, flying squirrel wings type of thing. Very cool. So, but they've been added, and I don't, I'm not sure when they were added into Dungeons and Dragons with the name Hadozi. But, you know, uh, it was apparently, well, I think it was some sort of supplement, maybe uh Uh, Well, I think second edition they may have been, um, from what I gather, from the the research that I've done. Now, when they, in Spelljammer, I guess they they introduced them as the first Adozis were timid mammals, no bigger than house cats hunted by larger natural predators. The Adozis took to the trees and involved wing-like flaps to enable them to glide from branch to branch. And then it tells about how a wizard trapped and uh, basically enslaved these creatures with the intent of selling them to the highest bidder. And uh, essentially the wizard's apprentices befriended the Hedosi and freed them. So they brought up, they had slavery and a lot of, they got a lot of backlash about this.
0: You know, of course, I'm... So, it seems like an obvious red flag for, yeah like
1: they were they were lazy about putting it together i think i mean hey and the time the time that we live now that is a you know like you say a red flag but also that's just kind
0: of basically lazy writing it feels like it feels like most projects especially ones from large corporations when I've, i do a lot of graphic novels for educational organizations and universities almost always as a sensitivity reader, someone who will read it and look at it from purposes of, um, is this being thoughtful? And that seems thoughtless. It seems not that it's bad, not that it was you know necessarily an evil action or like a malicious action, right. but it's just an inconsiderate one. And, and I don't inconsiderate meaning they didn't consider it. And, um, I think if you just give it a seconds a second look or take a step back at all for a moment, you're using this kind of idea, a very basic, boring kind of concept. Um, I mean, I don't know if they ever explain, you know, you know how humanity humans evolved in their world, and that there were, you know, that they were once in trees and they were, <laughs> you know, they Is was creationism know? or yeah, oh, evolution. So why would you? <laughs> Uh, the idea that you'd even have a, a backstory that goes to the point of evolution and then introducing magic. And then it, anyway, it seems like a lot of layering for I don't know how Klingons evolved. Don't care. I don't know how the Ferengi came to be. Don't care. You know, I don't need to see the genetic history of the Romulans to give a damn. Um, so anyway, it's weird. It's weird. And I, I can see why. Um i can see why some people i mean there's a whole community of people who just want to be offended who are looking to be offended who want to be who want to scold people and there's a scolding there's a scolding currency um there's a scolding economy Mm -hmm. and uh uh but you know the idea that they owned it is pretty good i mean it's it's, yes
1: they came out with uh a a press release that said we recognize that some of the legacy content available to the website does not reflect the values of Dungeons dragons franchise today you know, some older content may reflect ethnic, racial, and gender prejudice that was commonplace in American society at that time. So, you know, they, they said these depictions were wrong then and they're wrong today. This content presented was originally created because to do so otherwise, the same as claiming these prejudices never existed. Dungeons Dragons teaches diversity as a strength. And we strive to make our DD products welcoming and inclusive as possible. This part of our work will never end. And of course, they're going to take it out of the, they've already removed it from the digital additions any future what's, printings will have it removed
0: so what's weird is that i think someone easily said that um they're apologizing for this legacy stuff that they came up with six months ago and okay. it, it it's not like like you're saying it wasn't part of the it wasn't part of uh, uh star frontiers no not at all so there's no legacy there that they're really... So they're pointing fingers at, like, you know, those people back then, you know? <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, yeah, and I mean, to an extent, you know, some stuff such as slavery makes a good evil element. I mean, it's an evil thing. Should it never be used in stories? Ever? Um, I don't, you know?
0: no i i think you do so if you are everything is okay as long as you're willing to pay the price i think if you're going to have that element you have to know that there is that it's fraught with peril it has to be handled extremely well and anything and you're walking a tightrope so Again, it's one of these things where it's people say you know you can say anything you want as long as you're willing to pay the price. No one's ever said that you can't say whatever you want, but you have to own what you say. So they've owned what they said. They're doing it kind of in a cowardly corporate. Other it was it wasn't. I take full I take full responsibility for the thing those people did. Whoever those people were, we will not name them. It's kind of cowardly, but I think as long as people own it, it's not a pro, You can you can do it, but just if you get called on it, you get called on it. Right. I you mean, know?
1: let's let's look at Thanos and the Marvel movies. He essentially committed genocide. Sure. But since they weren't killed, they were
0: just removed. They worked around it, I think. Um I think they were also careful about making it otherworldly. I think if as long as it is truly alien, um you have give yourself some cover. When I was doing educate. I did some educational comics and they were for math, math graphic novels. And the previous versions that oh, they wait, done,
1: wait, I wait, I, I gotta, I can't wait to find out how genocide works in the arithmetic, but go on.
0: Well, I kind of have a, I, a story. <laughs> my story starts off I, I, okay, so the original graphic novels that they had done was stuff like, um, uh, David goes into a CD store and he has $10. He wants to buy a CD. The discount CDs are $5 a piece. How many CDs can he buy? And the first question every kid will have is, what's a CD? Right? So it's <laughs> like the, the things age so poorly and so quickly that the argument, the case when I was working on this project was, let's make it otherworldly. Let's make it sci-fi. If you have to blow open a number of gates to, to infiltrate an alien compound and you only have X amount of explosives, blah, blah, blah. Basically, the kids have to. It's video game math, and it's not real world math, but it's still math. Um, uh, but the story starts with uh, the, the, the the comics were called the Remainders. It was this team of people who were who were left who who were late for this galactic conclave. And when they get there, the conclave has been destroyed. Now, you could say that was like a nine eleven thing <laughs> that happened. You could, you could, if you look at it through that lens. But if you put it in space, if you do some things that truly make an alien. It's like people have issues with the drow. If the drow are bl- or blue or drow, if, if 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 they're blue, if they're a dark blue, suddenly no it's like a not a thing anymore. It's more like you just have to you just have to make things if you you can have all the politics of the real world if you distance it enough so people don't think um you're saying stuff about the real world because everything's gonna be informed by all the experience and all the history and everything we have. And yes, history's t- taught us a lot of lessons. It'd be great to be able to apply those to the future in a, in a way that people don't think they're learning, but uh, but you have to do it in a way that j- just disconnects it from reality. It's like a long time ago, far, far away. You know, make it so that it's crazy. But I feel like what they did with the Hidozi was that they that was still the trappings. There were enough trappings there uh, with enough <clears throat> especially when you get into cartoon artwork and, and and cartoonish illustration and the stereotypical illustration of people you know that that laced cartooning not that long ago right you know when you have all that stuff and then you you know you in the and the the you know cartoonish traditions and the cartoonish vaudevillian traditions um with all that stuff still lingering and still raw for a lot of people if you don't If you don't catch yourself doing that and someone else catches you doing that, let's, you know. So, again, I think you could do it, but you just have to. Had those been robots, would anyone care? We don't like your kind in here. They said it to droids and no one was like, you know, hey, hey, what are you doing there? You know what I mean? It was like as as soon as you. uh, Anyway, anyway, I think as as writers, as creators, there's enough, especially in worlds of fantasy and sci-fi, that there's enough room for us to be creative so that if you want to use these heavier things, the baggage of these things, um, but then there's all the other ham-handed ways like, I mean uh, Star Trek um, what's the one with uh, Tom Hardy as the Picard clone uh, um, Nemesis? Nemesis <clears throat> awful, awful assault on Deanna Troy. awful, absolutely awful, ham-handedly done poorly done um, uh but, you know, I feel like there's a billion ways you could have done that better. A billion ways you could have done it better. And I I feel like with this Hidozi thing, a billion ways they could have done it better. And that's really what they're apologizing for. We could do better and we should have. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I'm rambling. I'm rambling. No, Sorry. no.
1: And that's exactly why I brought it up. I mean, you know, I'm because I want to bring things, you know, of the Western culture. And by that, I don't mean, you know, the place, but just as far as the genre goes. Right. And that is laced with problematic material. There's no getting around it. But it has a definite, you know, flavor to it. Right. So I just, I've got to figure, you know, it would be wrong for me to just, you know, have, you know, the Native Americans, for lack of a better word right now, the Natives, you know, even just saying the Natives sounds wrong coming off my tongue.
0: Sure. Sure. I mean, I think that's one of the reasons why we challenging to ever do like uh, Martian Chronicles because of the very clear uh, analogies that uh, Bradbury was making. And I I think the critical role changed their introduction very early on. They had a whole season three had a very different opening uh, filmed sequence where they're all doing like um, exploring the the, far
1: east or something. Right. Yeah. The
0: explorer trope. Yeah. and they backed away from that. Now they have this sort of watercolor thing going on. Um, I feel like th- in that case, there was another case of them stepping on um, insensitivity because they were just playing dress up and they weren't thinking it through. Um, uh, and if they did the right thing, they changed it. So um, I don't think they're going to go back and alter their archive, but, uh, no. but changing it up was probably the right thing to do.
1: Yeah, and... Dungeons and Dragons as a whole has accepted such an inclusiveness that there's going to be, you know, problematic scenarios and situations and material like that, the Hidozis and the, you know, the Critical Role opening and, and whatever, are going to be called out more often
0: and 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 i know both of those organizations i know people are like oh, you're going to go defend hasbro it's like I'm not defending hasbro it's like i it's clear that they're the people who seem to be in charge and certainly with critical role are attempting to do everything they can to be as inclusive and as thoughtful as they can be and they felt like they they did it, they did it wrong um and i you know did they lose some people from that maybe uh but i also think that the you know critical role has a track record of of, of uh inclusivity and generosity and thoughtfulness And uh, I think that's that's something as well that people go, oh, is that a double standard? I'm like, "Uh, no, no. I mean, I think people were cutting Miss Rowling a lot of slack for the longest, as long as they could, as long as they could. And um, and at some point, like they she just keeps, you know, she's just, uh, you know, losing fans every day. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like all of us who are creating, especially people who are unknown creators, you know we don't have some sort of legacy we can point out of 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 here's our great track record of being great people you know if we're unknown it's sort of like the first thing people will ever hear about you would be that here's the huge mistake they made here's that here's the or they won't count, it, might, it doesn't even count here's the horrible thing they did not even not the mistake they made it's 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 categorized far worse so i i just say you know, tread lightly and figure out ways to make it so that you know, not to the point where you shaved off every rough edge, so you become a, a Olympics mascot, where you're now this inert, <laughs> the Greendale human beings. You're not the kind of generic, bland, uh, uh, amorphous globs. Although Star Frontiers allows that, um, <laughs> uh, I think there's a way. Had had the globs been given the backstory of the Hadozi, not a problem.
1: Probably not so much. Yeah.
0: So, it's just. It's, yeah, you know, I don't know, tread, just tread lightly and be thoughtful and think, what's the worst way that this could be interpreted? Because that's how it will be interpreted.
1: Right. And then, th- 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 on the not other Not by hand... everybody,
0: not by everybody, but some people will. You're going to catch, someone's going to have a bad day, they're in a bad frame of mind, they've been wronged 50 times before breakfast, and they sit down at Twitter, they open up the thing and they see the thing you did, and they're going to see it in the worst way possible. And just... You know, not that they're bad people, just that that's the frame of mind that they're in, you know. Right. No, and then on the other hand, the catacombs and
1: comedians that I do, at live shows, there is definitely stuff that a sensitivity reader would vet the fuck out of the show. Sure. But that's stand-up comedy. That's a show. That's a whole different, right. you know, um, realm. And so...
0: Well, you put a disclaimer at the front, too. You say this is not for kids. This is...
1: Yeah, you know just does the adult language yeah. um but yeah so i don't i'm i'm i'm, I'm not, by no means am i defending anybody that create i'm like like i would never defend jk rowlings but you know the you it is a, a slippery slope uh, as far as using uncomfortable material in Creativity, and that's something we will continue to explore. I think what I want to do is try to see if we can't get a sensitivity reader, specifically for role playing games, to join us. That'd be great, and talk about this sort of stuff because it's definitely worth talking about. Because I don't, you know, again, I don't believe we everything should be homogenized to you know, not offend anybody because you can't have evil without evil being offensive, but you know that's it's definitely worth worth exploring as dungeons and dragons goes into its one dnd or sixth edition or whatever they're calling it and you know role-playing games continue to grow and expand in different ways well,
0: and, I think you, and i think you nailed it by saying if, if people want to handle uncomfortable things they just have to know they're going to make people uncomfortable and if you don't mind losing that audience of yeah. people who've made uncomfortable it just seems to be as, as someone who's trying to create something inclusive and trying to get as many who's desperate for as many people to read my stuff and buy my stuff as possible. I have to.
1: I mean, if let's, I owe it to
0: myself to be to be better.
1: If I wanted to do set a set of campaign world that has you know horrible rape and pillage and slavery, just because you know it's stuff that has happened in the past, genocide, whatever. I got to come out and I'm not saying I'm working on anything like this. Any creator who's doing this sort of thing, they got to, they they need to come out at the very beginning and say, we deal with ugly, horrible subject matter. And we're not, we don't have a legacy to blame it on because we're creating this firsthand. Right. But it is something, you know? Yeah.
0: Cause you yeah. Can't... I, I, there's a, I mean, a lot of people put a content warning up. There's a this like, and I think that's probably a, uh that's a legitimate thing to do. Some people put it up for things that I think would be, would never have occurred to me, but there's some people out there who, you know, that, that does help with some folks because, um, um,
1: but it's also, it's also not a free ticket, get out of jail card, you know, just because I put a disclaimer up, I'm going to make, you know, I'm going to have these horrible subject, you know?
0: No, but I do think there's a certain amount where you're, you're able to say that this is a live comedy club. This is all done. Improvisationally. Uh, mistakes are made. Uh you know, uh on a live stage. Um a slip of the tongue shouldn't condemn somebody to to, to uh social media oblivion. But um for the most part, all of this if if you, if I didn't have Twitter, I wouldn't even know about the Hadozy thing. I would just be playing D&D. So I've got some friends who are just not on Twitter, not because they're they're not trying to be rebellious, they're just bored of the whole thing and they don't understand. They they frankly are a little they go, I don't understand this. Why would I be on why would I spend time on this thing?
1: Yeah. That's why I
0: know. That's why I'm not on TikTok. I have no idea how that works.
1: And then look at the gray hair.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, and that's and that's it too. It's part of his, like, you know, it's being cis, hetero, allosexual, white, middle-aged dude. Maybe, like, maybe that's the guilt I'm feeling. Well, but it's also it's more like you know, uh, you know, are am I the right person to make a judgment about a thing? Am I the right, am I, it, you know, you'd see that's what Critical Role did with their opening credits. First of all, I thought that that just technically speaking, I thought the idea of, their concept was that you're going to zoom in on a playmat, and then aha, these are the characters running around the playmat. That's, the, the segue was never made. I felt like that that transition was never established from a storytelling point of view in terms of the opening credits. But then the idea that they weren't, that they were wearing fan they should have been wearing fantasy garb. I don't know why they weren't wearing like yeah leather armor and Chainmail, to be, to be doing stuff Indiana Jones style, seem to be very, um, I don't know, it, it incongruous with what they do, with the genre that they're in. Uh, anyway, anyway, I'm rambling. I'm rambling. Yeah,
1: and again, I this is a subject matter that we will continue to explore more and more. Um, real quick check before we leave, you're still at seventy one hundred nine dollars. <laughs>
0: I haven't lost anybody. Woohoo. <laughs> you haven't gained anybody. Three hundred and seven backers. No, no, no. I don't I don't gaining I'm not as interested. Oh, I Break right, so let me I could tell you behind the scenes here how no. that Facebook we talked about I was running Facebook ads and how they're doing. Um we get a five dollars a day. I haven't seen a bill from them in a couple of days. It means they're probably gonna get a bill for way too much money. Um uh looking at the back end of intoximancy, the dashboard, I'll tell you how that's doing dashboard Uh, Facebook 25 pledges $700 so 9% based on ads having run and uh, I don't know the total amount of ads but I I bet by the end of it maybe 100 bucks if I ran it for 20 days okay I don't think I don't think I've run it that long but by the end of the campaign it might be 75 bucks 80 bucks so thumbs up for Facebook ads for uh TTRPG stuff
1: all right and do those run on Instagram as well No. no no because they're the same company they, you can do that right yeah
0: oh yeah and 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 their back end scolds me for saying for not running it on you know marketplace and all the other places I'm only running it on the 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 main feed and in the upper right corner and maybe one other place but I don't want Instagram I don't I don't think people, people are doing this with Instagram that stuff's zipping by so fast. I don't think my little picture is going to get any attention. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. No, put a puppy in there and they'll stop. <laughs> but I don't, to me, Instagram is not where I go for that stuff. And plus people say, Hey, Facebook's, you know, for the olds. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> people my age.
1: I'm hear you. <laughs> i hear you. I've, I'm on Facebook more than I'd like to admit, but I don't have all again. I'm on Facebook only for role-playing games. And you know, the computer games that I play
0: and that's about it. So are there any good Facebook RPG groups?
1: Um, as far as D and D goes. Yeah. You know what? There's so much noise to sound ratio, you know, I'll jump on one and follow it for a while, but then I'm like muting, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's how Um, I feel. I I haven't found one that really feels like a good community.
1: Yeah. And, I mean, I've got a good one that's very, it's Nashville okay. central that I like, but yeah, you know, I'll go on there and, you know, hang out for a little while, but there's generally like, there's a, a there's one called uh, game dump zero, which I like cause it's small. And I think that's what you gotta do. You just can't jump on one that says, you know, Dungeons and Dragons fifth edition because it's.
0: Spam, 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 spam.
1: And it's well, it's not necessarily that's just the same old people complaining how they make the rule too the rules too inclusive, and the same new people <laughs> saying how the rules aren't ex- are too exclusive. So right. you know, and it's just blah 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 blah. And, right. But anyway, that's why we have this little talk show for you and I <laughs> to talk to each other about this sort of stuff without we have the- it all figured out. That's yeah. what that's what's so great. That's what we're working on. So, yeah, so next week, Steve won't be with me. I'll have another Steve with me, so the show will, I will be.
0: At the, I will be at the Daytona Beach Comical Convention on Saturday and Sunday. It is in DeLand. It's just outside of Daytona. They have a nice facility there, but um, it's pretty close to Daytona. It's my local show. It's like a 10-minute drive. I love it. Um, it's a nice big event. There's going to be a lot of cartoonists there. Uh, should be a lot of fun. Um, I wish I could stream from there, but I'll in, in two weeks, I'll give everyone a report.
1: Okay, and then so – that will be on the, what, the twenty. Wait, let's look at the calendar real quick.
0: Sure. I think it's, it's the 18th, 18th we'll, Yeah, we'll be together.
1: On the 18th, But we'll, we'll get a complete rundown of that. And then again, we will not be broadcasting on the 25th because you have a convention to go to.
0: Savannah Comic Con. Yeah,
1: and I have uh, other things to go to, like mainly a Titans football game.
0: Perfect. <laughs> and, and, and and my kickstarter ends thursday night east coast time at 10 p.m so if anyone wants to check it out or follow along or follow the drama the 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 ebbs and flows of it uh 10 p.m on thursday and i'll be streaming here on twitch twitch.tv slash steve Connolly
1: and we will have a complete recap on how that went for you on the 18th i guess
0: yeah. My plan is that as soon as the campaign is over, I'm going to be sending the I'm going to be uploading the uh, subclass material for playtesting onto my discord so that people can see it. You know what the playtesting part of it so it includes basically one spell that gets included when you level up in the class, the flag and rules because every and then um, the stuff that will follow after that will be like the pipe weed variant and all that stuff. But I basically want to give the guts of it. Like you talked about not wanting to share too much while the campaign is live, but as soon as as soon as the campaign is over, as soon as the the doors are closed, uh, uh, you're all trapped with me. Uh, then I'll share that stuff. And I've
1: got uh, oddity off-print uh, material should be start popping out in about a week's time or so as well. So uh, I'm still waiting on all the money to get into my account, but uh, sure, yeah. But that's just the name of the nature of the game. All right, so um, again, check out thus at the Steve Conley for all Steve Conley goodness stuff on Twitter and such. I'm at Dan Leon Taylor uh, on Twitter as well, and also please uh, tell everybody about Zero Level Media and have them follow the Twitch account because we're going to have the streaming Catacombs and Comedian Streaming Show relatively soon, as well as the Wild Quest I've been talking about. And again, we're going to turn this whole into a DD tabletop role playing game media conglomerate. Empire. Empire. That's the word I'm looking for. Thanks, to the sars <laughs> <laughs> All right, Steve. Nice chatting with you. I'll see you Thanks, next in, uh, in two weeks. See you in two weeks. Thank you for listening to mazes and Muses. Now go forth and create.